And it shall come to pass that I will send forth hail among them, and it shall smite them, and they shall also be smitten with the east wind, and insects shall pester their land also, and devour their grain, and all this will I do because of their iniquities and abominations. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why did Abinadi warn the people of an east wind? Two years after Abinadi's first attempt to call the people of Noah to repent, he returned to the city of Nephi. Using a disguise until he was in the midst of the people, he once again tried to warn them of impending calamities if they did not repent. Abinadi foretold that the Lord would send forth hail, and would also smite them with the east wind, and that insects shall pester their land and devour their grains. Famine and pestilence would also be among the sore afflictions they would suffer from. This appears to be the same prophecy Limhi referred to when he told Ammon about a prophet who had come among Limhi's people and warned if they shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the east wind, which bringeth immediate destruction. In an ancient biblical context, the east wind was sometimes called the wind of the Lord because it was viewed as an instrument of God's judgment. In Israel, the wind from the east or southeast originates from the Arabian desert and is insufferably hot and dry often bringing sand along that can darken the skies and irritate the skin and the eyes. According to Dennis M. Swanson, such winds are typically called the Kamsin or Sirocco today and are capable of reducing green crops to dry, brown husks in a single day and can also spawn wildfires. Hence, the Book of Enoch says that from the east wind proceeds extirpation, drought, pestilence, and destruction. Even though these climactic conditions were specific to the region of Israel, biblical writers used the east wind as a sign of divine judgment when talking about other regions of the ancient Near East as well. Hence, God sends a vehement east wind with the sun to bear heat down upon Jonah as he was outside of Nineveh, but in reality, an east wind would typically bring refreshing rains in Assyria. Likewise, in Pharaoh's dream that was interpreted by Joseph, it was an east wind that came and dried the crops, bringing seven years of famine, and the plague of locusts is brought by an east wind. Yet in Egypt, it is southern or southeast winds that bring both the dry, withering heat that kills crops and locust infestations. East wind could thus be used to describe any hot, dry, devastating wind, regardless of which direction it came from. In ancient Mesoamerica, winds from all directions were viewed as the quintessential evil force and could be sent as punishment from the gods for failing to make appropriate offerings or for engaging in impious behavior. The east wind, however, could be particularly destructive. Carrie M. Hull explained, For various indigenous groups in Mesoamerica, an east wind can have numerous negative associations, such as a hot or dry wind in some areas, as a wind tied to malevolent forces and spirits, and as a highly destructive wind that brings floods, i.e. hurricanes. For example, some Maya in the Yucatan regarded the east wind as hot, and among the Itza Maya, the summer east wind was especially feared for causing fires to get out of control. In both Belize and Chiapas, Mexico, an east wind can be a scorching, drying wind. In the southern Guatemalan highlands, where some scholars believe the land of Nephi was located, northeastern winds were hot and dry and could destroy crops and lead to famine, just like the east wind in Israel. When this dry northeastern wind clashed with the humid southern winds, it caused hailstorms in the Guatemalan highlands. The dry northeastern winds could also drive the locusts, which typically swarmed the Montague River Valley, further south into regions unaccustomed to this pest. Thus, under the right climactic conditions, hail, east wind, and locusts, three things linked together in Abinadi's prophecy, 
could form a deadly combination in southern Guatemala, devastating crops and causing a famine. Given the destructive force of such a combination, it's no wonder the Zetzel Maya of Chiapas, Mexico, specifically pray, let no hail come, let no wind come, let no locusts come. Abinadi stood firmly within Old Testament prophetic tradition, likely accessed by the Lehites through the plates of brass, when he warned that the Lord's judgment was coming like the east wind. This threat was meaningful and real. In both the old world and the new, the east wind, although not always from a strictly due east direction, was recognized as a destructive force that could devastate crops and bring famine, pestilence, and destruction. Under certain climactic conditions, it could cause hailstorms and bring swarms of locusts, a deadly combination that led to further depletion of crops. Thus, Abinadi's warning of hail, east wind, insects, famine, and immediate destruction was no idle threat from the Lord. Abinadi's prophecy of a destructive east wind along with hail and insects that would decimate their grain was all the more ominous given the likely timing of his message. John W. Welch has persuasively argued that Abinadi's trial happened close to the time of Pentecost. Pentecost came 50 days after the Passover, concluding the celebration of Israel's escape from Egyptian bondage and the receiving of the Ten Commandments. It also coincided with the spring harvest and was thus a time to celebrate the bounty of spring. In such a context, Abinadi's message of an east wind with hail and insects all coming to destroy their crops and bring famine couched in language reminiscent of the Egyptian plagues, would have been especially well-timed to strike a stirring chord within the people. One can well imagine that, at this time, place, and cultural setting, a more serious warning could not have been given than the threat of an impending east wind. Moreover, Abinadi's threatening curse drew further strength from the symbolism of the easterly direction. In seeking omens or heavenly signs, ancient priests generally oriented themselves by facing the south. In facing the warmer south, the heaven-gazer thus had the east on his unfavorable left side and the auspicious west on his right. Metaphorically, being found on the left hand was thought to be problematic. Once again, Abinadi's warning would have struck not just a concern about bad weather, but much more the fear of God in the hearts of the people who heard him. According to Limhi, Abinadi's dire prediction was fulfilled, and the people were indeed smitten and afflicted. Hope, however, was not lost. Mark A. Wright noted that among the Maya, priests or ritual specialists can cure individuals afflicted by evil winds. In an even more powerful fashion, those afflicted by the punishing winds spoken of by Abinadi could only be delivered by turning to their ultimate high priest, Jesus Christ. Before long, Limhi's people realized they could only be delivered if they would turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart. Soon, they were actually delivered as they desired to enter into the covenant of baptism and escape back to the land of Zarahemla, where they were baptized. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.